0: Hello once again from Romania. I hope your day is going well. Today we will continue our series from the book of Isaiah. Last week we looked at a message from chapter 6 entitled, The Requirements of a Missionary. This week we will look at a message from chapter 7 called, The Virgin Birth. Let's read our verse for today, which is found in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. In Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, we have a powerful verse proving that Jesus Christ, the promised Savior, would be born from a virgin. His name would be Emmanuel, meaning God is with us. From this passage, we find out God would come down and live with man in a human body. Later, it would be revealed he would be 100% God and also 100% man. Today, for just a few minutes, I would like to talk about the importance of the humanity of Christ. The virgin birth is a doctrine that puzzles many people. They just don't see how such a thing is possible and struggle to believe it. There are many who question whether God really created all things and is all-powerful. Therefore, they would certainly have a problem with the idea that a woman could conceive a child without the involvement of a man. However, for those that believe God and the Bible, it is not a problem. That God should become a man through a simple maiden does not trouble them. For those who do believe in the virgin birth, it is often overlooked, rarely meditated on, or studied. The virgin birth is simply in their doctrinal statement, and many do not even give it a second thought. It is very important to study this topic in light of the humanity of Christ as we will see throughout this lesson. In Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve have sinned by eating the forbidden fruit. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We are all of our father Adam, and the Bible says all in Adam die. Let's read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 21 and 22. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So man sinned against God. And therefore, it is God who must forgive and pardon. But we must also understand that since death came by man, salvation and life must also come by man, as we just read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. However, we have a problem. All men, since Adam in the garden, are tainted by Adam's fall. Therefore, no man born from Adam could save the race. Someone had to enter who was human, but yet completely free of Adam's sin and defilement. How could such a thing ever come to pass? Once man sinned, they thought God would kill them, so they hid themselves in the garden. You can read that in Genesis chapter 3. God, however, killed an innocent lamb who took their place. God was merciful and provided a way so they could continue to live. This, of course, was a type of the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Let's read further in the Bible and read our verse from Isaiah chapter 7 once more. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. People who try to deny the deity of Christ say this verse here in Isaiah only speaks of a young woman having a special child. If that is a sign from God, then we have had billions of them. That would not be much of a sign, would it? But if a virgin were to conceive, ah, that would be something different. That would be a baby that did not come from the seed of Adam but instead a woman with seed without a human father. The Bible clearly speaks of a child being born who is not the product of human reproduction. The name to be given to this baby is Emmanuel, God with us. We will look later at the significance of this name. Let's now continue reading another prophecy from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7. Of the increase of his government and peace, there should be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever the zeal of a Lord of hosts will perform this. There are many curious things about this passage. First, notice it says, Unto us a child is given. Normally, a child is born unto the parents, but here, this baby was born unto everyone. This has never happened before. Second, this child is declared to be the Almighty God. The Holy Spirit here makes it clear, this child will be the Almighty God and the Everlasting Father. How could the mighty God become flesh? Great is the mystery of godliness, but this is clearly what the prophecy is speaking of. Emmanuel, God, is with us. Third, from this passage, when this child is grown to maturity, when the fullness of his power is manifested, he will sit on the throne of his father, David. It is no wonder that the prophets were puzzled by the words revealed to them here. We have a human that would be given to all. That child should be the mighty God and will take the throne of the kingdom of heaven and reign in Jerusalem. Once he takes this throne, he will never give it up. He will occupy the king's chair forever. With all that said, there are more verses to look at concerning the birth of Christ. Let's continue through the Bible and now read Micah chapter 5, verse 2, where we will learn a little more. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. But thou, Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old, from everlasting. We all know that Bethlehem was the birthplace of baby Jesus. But here we also learn that the baby predates his arrival upon earth. Jesus Christ had life. He existed before Bethlehem. This verse makes that very clear. We now have a clear view of the prophecy about the birth of Christ. A virgin will bring forth a child who will be king, who has been from everlasting, who is the mighty God, who becomes man, who continues to be everlasting, and he will sit upon David's throne forever. Could the one mentioned in this verse, whose goings forth have been from old, be the one that walked in the garden with Adam and Eve, Who talked with Abraham and wrestled with Jacob? Could this be the one who will be born as a human child? Let's see. Next we come to the book of Jeremiah and we seem to have a problem concerning all these prophecies. Let's read Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 24. As I live, saith the Lord, though Coniah the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet upon my right hand, yet would I pluck thee hence. And then let's read verse 29 and 30. O earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days. For no man of his seed shall prosper, sitting upon the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. This passage creates a serious problem. From David to Solomon, there is an unbroken genealogy. From then on, we have king after king from David's line sitting on the throne. However, they have become so corrupt that God says here in the book of Jeremiah that he will cut off their line. He says no man of his seed will occupy the throne of David anymore. However, God has prophesied that one from David's line will one day sit on the throne forever, but now states that no one in that line will be permitted to sit on the throne. There is only one way God can fulfill His promise and at the same time honor His judgment against the line of David. A child would have to be found whose family is from the line of David, but his father does not have the seed of Coniah's offspring. This mystery is easily solved from the book of Matthew. Now Mary was from the line of David. So Jesus could claim the rights of the throne of David through Mary. Let's read that in Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. Jesus can sit on the throne of David because he is not from the seed of Caniah. Here in Matthew, we learn that God places life within Mary by the Holy Ghost without the aid of a man. No such thing has ever happened before. We also learn that this child was the fulfillment of all the Old Testament prophecies concerning a Savior to come. His name, Emmanuel. His name was also to be Jesus. The name Jesus is not to be found in the Old Testament, for this was the name of His humanity. The other names of the Son of God can be found, but not this one. It was not revealed until the time of His birth. So this child will be 100% God, Emmanuel, And 100% man, Jesus. Also, since Jesus is not from Adam, he can die for our sins. Let's read Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob for ever. and of his kingdom there shall be no end. So here we find all the pieces to the puzzle. The virgin birth is promised in Isaiah chapter 7. The throne rights of David are promised again in Isaiah chapter 9. The eternal nature of a child is in Micah chapter 5. He is from everlasting. And last, his offspring is of God, not Kaniah, as required by Jeremiah chapter 22. There is something else in the passage we will read in just a minute. Notice the Bible says, "...that holy thing which shall be born of thee." Let's read that in Luke chapter 1, verses 34 and 35. "...then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man?" And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Jesus Christ, as part of the Trinity, the Son of God, has always existed. Therefore the body that was formed in the womb of Mary was a thing, a body God was not born that day, a body was. Mary was the mother of a human body that day. She was not the mother of God. Why was a virgin birth necessary? Because all members of the human race since Adam have been tainted from sin. Thus, he could not have been born of Adam's seed. But we have a man whose body is from a woman, but whose nature is not from Adam, but divine. He is God, manifested, shown in the flesh. We can read this again, and it's very clear in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For them, would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that, the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin thou hast no pleasure. Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do thy will, O God. And above, when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadest pleasure therein, which are offered by the law, Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Look again what it says in verse 5. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. So a body was created in the womb of Mary, and God dwelt in that body of flesh. Let's read Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-11. through 11. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. In conclusion for today, the virgin birth is a great mystery and of the utmost importance. If Jesus had been born from the seed of man, then he would not have been sinless and therefore could not have paid for the sins of man. But he was from God, sinless and perfect, the Lamb of God, which took away the sins of the world. Please consider trusting the Lord Jesus Christ to save you today from your sins. He is waiting and willing to forgive you and give you eternal life. Just go to Him in prayer, knowing you are a sinner that deserves hell, and ask Him to save you today, trusting in Him alone. Next time, Lord willing, we will look at another message from the book of Isaiah. Thank you for listening. and I hope you have a blessed day.